0: Enough comes from listeners like you in the Florida Public Radio Emergency Network. Hurricanes, lightning, flooding, and tornadoes affect the entire state of Florida. The team of meteorologists from the Florida Public Radio Emergency Network keep you informed around the clock. All year long, they're committed to providing in-depth weather coverage, both over the radio and on the mobile app, Florida Storms. The Florida Public Radio Emergency Network is supported by Citizens Property Insurance. Online at (laughs) citizensfla.com.
1: An
2: animal talks like an animal must be an animal come here the animal talking animal.
3: Good morning. This is Talking Animals on WMNF. And my guest today is Jill Horseman, founder of Squirrely AF Rescue. Ask your local kid what AF means if you have any doubts at all. We just probably can't explain it in full here on the air. Anyway, it's a rescue and rehabilitation operation she runs at her St. Petersburg home. When Horseman launched the rescue back in 2017, she administered to injured or orphaned squirrels. But she has widened out her services over the last year, now additionally tending to raccoons and possums. Primarily, though, she still specializes in squirrel care. The Squirrel AF website explains how young squirrels typically become patients, quote, many babies come to us from down nests, caused by everything from tree tremors to storms, along with predator attacks and even poisoning, end quote. The site then outlines horsemen's process for nursing the animals back to health and how they're eventually prepared for release back into the wild, though occasionally some have a certain ailment or condition that Prevents uh, full release. We may touch on that later, or we may not. We'll just see. Anyway, well, will explore how she got started rescuing and rehabilitating squirrels. What a lot of us fail to understand or appreciate about squirrels. And I just saw two babies. I guess I can say that I just saw two babies. I hope it's not too late to ask that, but super cute. Already, I couldn't tell them apart. I just know they were they were super cute. So we'll maybe uh, get to know one or more of those babies later as well. All of which when I speak with Jill Horseman in a moment here on Talking Animals on WNF. Meanwhile, coming up later in today's program, I'll play a brand new dog song of sorts from a singer-songwriter you may have heard of, Jimmy Buffett. Also later in today's show, a piece of squirrel-oriented comedy from Sarah Silverman. These things and more coming up just later on in the program. Right now, though, let's talk squirrels with Jill Horseman with a reminder that I invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663, emailing DJ at WMNF.org, or texting 813-433-0885. This is Jill Horstman on Talking Animals on WMNF. Good morning, Jill.
1: Good morning.
3: Thanks for joining us at Talking Animals, and thanks for joining us in studio It's so rare for me, for one reason or another, to get guests in person in studio. So it's nice to actually look the person in the eye and have an actual conversation. I hate talking
1: on the phone. So I literally was like, I'll come all the way there because I hate talking on the phone. Okay.
3: Well, she's she's (laughs) dodged talking on the phone by coming from St. Pete. So uh, we appreciate that all the more. So let's just dive in. When it comes to animals, what kind of a kid were you?
1: Mm, One that collected every single thing that moved around me. Yeah. (laughs) I grew up in Wisconsin, so... Up there, the animals are a lot different than here. You actually get to see all kinds of really cute stuff. Chipmunks were everywhere when I was growing up, and squirrels. I remember my dad spending 50% of his day... Trying to invent different things to put around the bird feeders so that the squirrels would not get to them. And it's a million years later. Uh, I I have people going through that
3: thing exactly right now, people in my family. So, what what, what worked? What succeeded? Nothing? Nothing worked. No, but it was really funny
1: to see all the inventions that are things that people sell now. Like he would do pie plates on top. And now you can buy those little things that move like a little dome over the top of a feeder. Okay. Um, He would do these long tubing of metal and grease it up with. like butter and oil and all kinds of stuff oh, so, so they'd, they'd grab on and slide, and slide right yeah. off. I mean, it was endless, and it was really funny. <clears throat> I just sat there and actually videotaped everything. I was really into um, TV production. That's what I really thought I was going to do with my life, and it somehow went to this big shift over to just animals 24-7 now.
3: Well, um, I'm, just to back up a little bit before we get to uh, the more recent years, Did, did uh, while your dad was work, working on inventing different ways to keep the squirrels <laughs> at bay, um were you that kid in the neighborhood it sounds like you might have been who tended to injured or sick birds or critters and say Oh yeah.
1: And there was I mean, a lot of salamanders. I think I saved a million different little salamanders, oh, wow. birds constantly. Um there's little moles up there, I think they're called. They always burrow underground. Um yeah, there was just all kinds of stuff up there.
3: And did you that. just kind of even as a little kid did you just kind of always sort of know what to do instinctively?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Again, maybe it was from my dad. Basically, I learned everything from plants to to fixing things to animals with him. And I don't know. Like, I was never really one that was, like, poking around, like, oh, I'm going to do this and hope it lives. Like, it would always live. If it was something really bad, of course, we'd yeah. take it to the vet. But, you know, a lot of stuff, birds would always fly into the windows, and they always get shock from that. And you just sure. kind of, like, hold them aside until they come out from it. But, Yeah.
3: It's you know, it's, it's interesting how often over the years I've talked to people that were the the kid that tended to the the sicker end of things, and how often, just like you're saying, you pretty much there's a reason that they were that that kid. Not only because they liked mm-hmm. it and they were drawn to it, yeah, but they did know what to do yeah, and um, they did help the animals. And I mean, I mean, thank God. I mean, it could have gone the other way. I guess in a lot of cases, yeah. but so um. often every time I've really talked to someone that's that fits that profile. They really did help the animal and nothing you know bad happened by inadvertently, mm-hmm. you know, not uh, having gotten to vet school as a six-year-old or whatever, yeah. but they, they still knew what to do.
1: Yeah. I followed that too through high school. I kind of went into pre-vet tech. Oh, yeah. Um, it was at a vocational school at Seminole High School. So we'd go a couple periods of the day. So I raised pigs. I was a president at FFA, which is so wow. funny to me because I was like the dirt rocker kid listening to all the hair bands and... My teacher like begged me to run for president because she thought it'd be really funny. She's like, if you, if you win this, everybody's going to finally think that uh, FFA is cool. Oh, <laughs> I see. at the time see. it was not cool. Oh, I <laughs> see. So it was farmer. like a <laughs> coolness marketing yeah, measure so I of some did it, kind. Yeah. And then everybody thought FFA was cool, which is future farmers of America for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. But I had no, you know, I grew up on the beach and in Seminole and I had n- no desire to be a farmer in any way, but ended up doing it, raised pigs, went to state fairs and showed pigs and animals, and, and but the, it, I learned the, a lot. Uh, it was really cool. Now it's really cool to be an FFA, but when I was a kid, <laughs> it was not cool. Now, isn't sadly
3: the upshot of a lot of the kids that are raising those things that they they you know, hand them off or sell them off or whatever, and then they those those pigs they've spent all that time with, yes, get it, slaughtered. Yeah,
1: I was specific that I did not want mine as food, so mine would be bought for sanctuaries and places. Oh, so I you could dictate like, that? Yeah. I mean, you could request it. I mean, you can't. The people could lie to you and right. be like, "Oh yeah, I'm sure. Win Dixie buying your pig. I promise it's going to go to a sanctuary." And you right. know it's probably that's not. not gonna, but yeah. you know, I was very attached to all those because you raise them as you know itty bitty. Yeah, that's what always seems so like kind of like yeah.
3: cruel uh, and, and nutty that kids yeah. that have that exact experience and they get really attached mm-hmm. and they have to hand them off and then...
1: But again, being that it's FFA, that's technically what farmers do. Right. So they're supposed yeah. to teach you that this is what it's like. Yeah. And of course, I got out of that real quick. So I was like, okay, this is sad because I don't know if they are for sure going. To right. Raise I can't things, verify. But, I can't. Yeah.
3: I can't put a tracer on each pig that yeah. I raised. Yeah. I
1: know. We at my school, we raised a, a little lamb for the first time ever, and when it came auction time. The school actually bought it back so that we could keep it as a pet there because we all fell in love with this lamb because it was so completely different than the pigs and the chickens and the steers. This little, I can't remember its name, but this little lamb got to stay there. So it was, that was kind of cute. Oh, that's
3: cool. That's, That's more of the story that we like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I, it was the first time I got a big chunk of money when I was a kid. And I bought my first drum set. Like, oh, wow. Like, everything revolved around either I'm buying a new video camera or I'm buying a new drum set. Like, that was And my... are you still
3: playing drums now?
1: <laughs> no, I actually have um, I have planned to buy another set soon, but I want to get an electric set because obviously having 70 animals, it's a little loud and they would all oh, freak yeah. out. oh, yeah. That'd be tough but for I think the squirrels. With a, yeah. You know, headphone, electric. The squirrels set. are yelling at you to turn it down, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So, uh, what what happens, so you, you've pursued or sort of semi-pursued, it sounds like, vet tech in those later years... And then what happened after that? Was, was was animals always kind of a through line regardless of what else you were doing? or
1: um, Not really. Once I did the vet tech stuff and then went to work at a hospital, and all I was doing was like cleaning kennels when you start out. I couldn't do it. I saw all these animals hurt and either being euthanized, and I was like, can't do it. I bailed out of there just so ups- fast. Just too, too yep. upsetting? Yep. Yep. Way yeah. too upsetting. I was like, these people are just turning in their animal because they don't want it anymore for, you know, No reason.
3: Oh, so these were places that people were surrendering animals? Yeah, because even at vets' clinics, they do that constantly.
1: So that lasted not even a week. I was like, out of here. Wow. Um, And then I actually just ended up in the bar world. I ran nightclubs and DJed and lived that whole crazy lifestyle of just drinking and partying and running bars and managing. And it was really cool and fun. And then I always rescued dogs. I have a lot, all my dogs are. all strays on the street or random so
3: where where did that when did that so give me a not to show my age or
1: anything but literally straight out of high school is when I tried to do the the vet Vet tech tech stuff did not work and then I probably got a job at my first bar when I was uh, 21 so after high school I went and worked for ABC in Tampa at um, Channel 28 worked in TV for a while worked in Master Control and realized that the news is a lot of lies also and <laughs> stories are made up and you keep funny being that disillusioned. It was, over, uh, it was, it was fake yeah. news twenty million years ago. Okay. Was literally Before we knew 18, the term yeah. exactly. So I wanted to work with, you know, MTV and music videos, and I'm like, this is not this is not it. And they did a story about animals that they completely manipulated the story, lied about the entire thing, and I said, Nope, can't do anything like this. And I quit that career job when I was probably about twenty-four so wow. to think, when I was twenty four, fifteen dollars an hour was like a million dollars.
3: well, not I'm, just that, but if you uh, even as a kid, if you were yeah. shooting things and interested in videos and yeah. making films and whatever, yeah. to already have a TV job, <coughs> excuse me, in your early twenties, yeah, w- you know, would have seemed like wow, I'm yeah. I'm rocking exactly. here
1: exactly. And I just I walked away from that, and then that's when I stumbled upon walking into a bar and saying, hey, I want to be a bar back, and then from there on, I went and spent the whole rest of my growing up years in the bar world and then just rescuing dogs here and there.
3: So when did that, was that like Pretty much simultaneous or at a certain point in the bar years, the dog rescue... Dogs always just been kicking. there. They yeah. just
1: always found me no matter okay. where I'm at. I could so go get gas to and here comes a dog kid, running little, up to Little me. kid yeah. in Wisconsin.
3: And it's the same, same story <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Once I
1: got up to seven dogs, I was like, okay, I need to stop rescuing okay. dogs, I might have Cats. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, anything that needed a home. I would never go out and buy an animal. I would never go out and like go to even shelters as much as shelters, you know, they all need to be adopted. All mine were literally... Rescues off of the streets. I'm, you know, driving to Orlando for something, and there's a dog running down the side of I four. Scooped that dog up. It ended up being heartworm positive, and you know, we did all the treatments for that. Like it didn't matter, and it didn't matter the if the dog was vicious to people or other dogs. I would find a way to keep it happy and live in its own bedroom and have time management switched around with all the other animals. Like I would never (coughs) give up an animal because of its. Issues. Quote. Yeah. So, and just, then somewhere in there, while I was working in the bar world, I had rescued my first squirrel, and then that just changed everything. And I was like, Wow, wildlife is really cool.
3: Yeah. So, so it, yeah. I mean, and again, this almost sort of circles back to the Wisconsin years. It sounds like it sounds like there was quite a bit of wildlife then. But I was before we get too deep into the squirrel, the current squirrel situation. Um. So you started uh, squirrely AF. In 2017 or thereabouts, I think. Looking back, was there something
1: uh,
3: or maybe a combination of factors that made it the right time for you personally to start rescuing squirrels?
1: Well, and actually the first one I think I ever rescued was probably 2000. I mean, it was forever ago, and it was a fluke. I lived in Shore Acres over in St. Pete, and Shore Acres floods if it's high tide. It was crazy. And I'd walked out front during a storm, and there's two little baby squirrels laying in the flooding water and one had already passed and the other one I picked up and started pushing on its chest and all this water came out of its mouth. And I'm like, Oh my God, I just saved this little baby squirrel. So I brought it in, had no idea what to do with it. There was no such thing as internet then. Like there was, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was still like dial up way back. So there was no Facebook, there was no MySpace yet. So there's no Google to find out what to do. So I just basically like winged it and ended up releasing the squirrel and that was it. I was kind of like, that was cool. Moved on. And then I think 10 years after that, I rescued another one. And same thing. It was just like, go through the motions, get it better, and then release it out into the wild. Yeah. Now, when I look back and see what I know what I did back then, I did everything all wrong. <laughs> so I'm lucky yeah. that it worked but, out. But, all right. But here's, here's what's
3: interesting <laughs> and sort of great about that is that the story you just described, you went and pushed on the the squirrel and it's like, okay, this one still actually seems to be alive. Yeah. Um, And later, as you just now are kind of telling a story on yourself that you, you know, you you did mostly wrong things or at least some wrong things. But most of us, again, we didn't have the experience in Wisconsin, maybe or whatever. Wouldn't do anything. We'd see a squirrel and we think, oh, that's too bad, and just figure they're both probably passed away rather than just one might, might, there might be some, something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we just wouldn't, we just wouldn't do that, even if we cared about the animal <laughs> and felt bad for the animal. No, but I just mean there's a certain spirit, a certain, like, I think I can help here yeah. that's super important to obviously, you know, kind of now what we're seeing as the, the narrative arc here for, uh, for Jill Horseman. And obviously, certainly the current, uh, the current story, so, um, yeah, so I guess you just, uh...
1: then that was basically it, then once social media became big, uh, Hurricane Irma hit, and I'd say, like week before Hurricane Irma hit, um, one of my friends tagged me on Facebook and said, didn't you raise a squirrel like 20, 25 years ago, and I'm like, yeah, she's like, well, I just found one that fell out of a nest, I'm like, okay, I'll take it, so I take in that little baby, and uh, let's see, uh, bamboo was my second one, so that one would have been, um, I don't know, the name will come to me because this was forever ago. Yeah, I'm so sure. But then once Hurricane Irma hit, and because of social media, me posting, look at this little baby squirrel that I rescued, the whole world is tagging me now because squirrels are just falling from the right. storm and they're I know where now, to I'm take like, this yeah. squirrel that just tag, landed tag, tag, in our yard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my first ever season in 2017, I had eight squirrels and I remember thinking, this is a million squirrels. And... Uh, little do I know it's going to grow into this but that was basically where it started and same thing um, I'm slowly learning now I've got social media now I can search online I can join these squirrel groups and everything there's this whole underground wildlife world that the people don't realize so there are so many out there that are helping these animals that are either not licensed, not a sub permittee, which we'll get into all that later. But it's sad because the state doesn't want people doing that. And it's like all they're doing is helping wildlife and getting them back
3: what is, at the state. What is their chief concern uh, if, if people like you and it and, uh, sounds like many, many others with similar kind of inclinations are actually helping the animals
1: I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, so
3: so they don't even have a a baloney explanation. Like I can understand like raccoons.
1: They don't want you to do raccoons because raccoons are a rabies vector animal. Right. So you're taking that big risk every single time you grab a raccoon, rescue a raccoon, mess with them at all, you can get rabies. Right. So that I completely understand. I don't understand all the rules, but I don't understand a lot of laws with a lot of things. Right, (laughs) I don't know, is it like money? Like, because they don't get any money from us. They don't help us either. Like, here's here's the list of rules That we have to follow being rehabbers, but we're not going to give you any money. We're not going to support you in any way. We're not going to like help you in any way. But if you do any of these wrong, we're going to take all your animals and euthanize them. So don't (laughs) try to do
3: anything good. Yeah. Because if you slip up even in the most minute (laughs) way, we're going to be clamping down on you. Yeah.
1: And it's, and and there's nothing you can do about it. It's not like you can be like, okay, then I'm just going to do it illegally. Because same thing. There's such a risk if somebody turns you in. If somebody, and again, with social media being like it is, you know, I have a lot of friends that have squirrels that are, I shouldn't say pets, but the ones that they've rescued and they're taken care of. And I'm like, don't post it online. You're going to find that Karen out there that's going to be mad because she doesn't want you to have this squirrel. Or maybe she had one in the past yeah. and they took it and boom, they report you and it's all over so with. So
3: how do you navigate that? Because it sounds like clearly, and I've already seen it, obviously, just in the run up to, to, to our conversation this morning, that social media is... Huge, hugely important to this world, and hugely important to your uh, rescue, etc. But how do you how do you differentiate from the scenario you just said, where somebody would post something and somebody that's you know got the wrong, they got too much time on their hands, or is a huge pain, or,
1: or well, unfortunately, you just have to kind of weed through them. My yeah. site, my my Facebook, and my rescue alone has grown more in the last probably six months to a year than it ever has and I'm just watching the people just come at me and attack me, and they don't even take the time to see what I do. They see a cage full of squirrels running around, and they're like, I can't believe you have all these squirrels caged. They need to be out in the wild, and you're inhumane. Little do they know, they're like, Eight week old baby squirrels that cannot be released yet. I rescued since their eyes were closed. I'm rehabbing them, gonna be, but nobody takes the time anymore to do research. So I even changed my name. It used to just be Squirrely AF. I put Squirrely AF Rescue, hoping that at least when people are scrolling by and they have a complaint that I'm, you know, hoarding squirrels, that they'll see the word rescue and they should put it together that I'm rescuing the animals. So with that being said, um, you know, you, you just got to kind of continue to be nice because again, with social media being like it is, all I have to do is say one wrong thing and boom, they're throwing me under the bus and saying that I'm doing this or that. So you, yeah. I just b- delete and block, delete and block becomes your best friend and you try not to argue back with them, which is next to impossible because they're going to tell you you're doing everything wrong. They're going to tell you the food is wrong They're And then I have to sit back and be like, okay, I've been doing this for six years. <laughs> I've released probably thousands by now. I know uh, what I'm doing is working. Yeah. So it would be different if I'm like, be free. And the next day there's 50 dead squirrels laying in my front yard. Yeah, <laughs> so I, that, I need to yeah. learn a few
3: more things. I to, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I,
1: I know I'm doing good and yeah. I know these people are just trying to push buttons. So
3: Yeah. Well, this is Talking Animals on WNF. I'm Duncan Strauss. If you just tuned in, my guest is Jill Horseman, founder of Squirrely AF Rescue, a rescue and rehabilitation operation that she runs at her St. Petersburg home. If you have a question for Jill about squirrels or would like to offer a comment, please call 813 239 9663. Email dj at wmnf.org or text 813 433 0885. In fact, we do have a Let's get them involved oh, in the
1: boy. conversation. <laughs> well, you know, don't be it? a
3: Karen. Yeah, right. Do, you're on Talking Animals with Jill Horseman. Don't be a Karen, please. Hello? Hello. You're not going to be a Karen, are you? Sorry, okay. go ahead. Just kidding around. Okay, you're, you're on with Jill Horseman if you have a question about squirrels.
0: Uh, no, well, not about about a, wild animals in general or any animals in
3: general. Okay. Mother, well, she also uh, does work with raccoons and possums as well, so this, okay. this this could fit. Go ahead.
0: Well, when, when a when an animal is born, the mother can tell if there's something wrong with it. Okay, and if the, and that's why they turn them out, push babies out of nests and things like that, is because there's something wrong with it. And if you rescue this animal and it goes out and breeds. What the mother thought was wrong with it is spread into other animals. And I was just wondering how she feels about that. I have a cat that I rescued as a kitten, and I didn't know it. And it took two vet visits for the vet to tell me that cat has a heart murmur. And so that was why the mother turned it out. It was She left it by our farm here, and, of course, I rescued it and had it fixed and all that. And it gets its shots, and it's a great cat but it shouldn't have been used to breed because it would have bred that heart murmur murmur into other kittens. I was just wondering how rescue people feel about stuff like that. Because I hear about people rescuing things all the time, but... If it's a wild animal or any animal, the mother turns it out. The mother's turned it out for a reason.
1: Well, I would say that 99% of my rescues have nothing to do with a mom turning them out. It's actually tree trimmers cutting down the nest and killing the mom. And now there's a bunch of orphan babies. It is people hitting animals with their car. It's people poisoning them. It's cat attacks, dog attacks. I don't think I've ever really got a baby just kicked out of the nest so i totally un- understand that and get that but that's really none of my animals they're really normally all from human okay, shouldn't well, i shouldn't say human I, error but i should say like it's it's you know from what's going on in the world more than than yeah. something like that
0: oh no i hate to see it they, they went out here north of tampa they're clearing land like crazy, and that' yeah. just sit there clearing it like crazy, and yeah. no all
1: those animals, animals have there. nowhere to go. It's horrible. Yeah,
0: exactly.
3: Okay. Well, I just wondered how you felt about that. Yeah,
1: because I totally agree to with you, people. but yeah, unfortunately, I don't like have that's to not run not into the case. That. Yeah. yeah.
3: Thanks so much for your call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you, Duncan. Let's take another quick call and then I have an email or two, and then we'll get back to some of my own questions. Hi, you're on Talking Animals with Jill Horseman?
4: Yeah. Good morning.
3: Hello.
5: Yeah. My name is Pat.
3: Okay. Hi, Pat.
5: How you doing? Good. You have a question
3: about... or a comment for Jill?
5: Oh yeah. I just, uh, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Uh, you know, you started off with the dogs and you know, I love dogs, cats. I feed about 25 squirrels every day in my yard, front and back. And, uh, just, uh, it's just a wonderful feeling.
3: All right. So you're pro squirrel, it sounds like we can safely uh, say. Pro
5: squirrel. Yeah. Mean, All right. You know, pro squirrel, any kind of animal. And uh, I just want to kudos to that.
3: That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for your call.
5: And uh, keep up the
3: good work. Thanks. Thank, thank you for your call. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. So uh, referring to, I think, an earlier part of the conversation, Karen related, et cetera, we have... Uh, <laughs> twinkle who wrote in saying the old saying haters gonna hate is old for a reason someone's always got something negative to say but there's so many wonderful positive people out there also thank you for what you do the world needs a lot more uh people like you who love or this, or sorry love twinkle so that was nice and um so actually there's one more here that we'll ask and then we'll get back to some other questions as well
1: uh-huh. And all those kind of comments, I read every single comment on my page. Every Some rehabbers get too busy and they don't really pay attention to social media. Social media is my family. Those followers, I just hit like 16,000 followers, which just blows my mind. But I, I recognize the names. I know who these people are. They followed me from the beginning. I never just scroll through. I heart every single response comment i answer every single answer or question at all times like those 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 followers really they they boost me up there's a lot of loss doing this there's constant animals passing away and it is heartbreaking and they're always there for me to throw it out you know uplifting you know you've saved so many you're gonna lose some here and there but it's it's super important and i appreciate anybody saying that kind of stuff
3: well that's really cool i um You know, I was going to ask you at some point, I guess now is a good time, because it seems like just the nature of the animals that you're trying to rescue and care for and the circumstances that brought them there uh, means, unfortunately, many of them are going to pass despite your, you know, valiant efforts. So I was just wondering, like, if that's, you know, how you you sort of cope with that without getting too bummed out. A lot of white
1: claw. (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) As many
1: times I've tried to quit drinking, I'm like, let's be serious. I just, I can't. I mean don't want to sound like I drink a lot, a lot, but it's, it's, I literally, like I was saying earlier, I live by myself. I'm single, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because you, not many people can say they've even seen an animal pass away ever. Like maybe somebody, somebody might be like, Oh, when I was young, my cat passed away or my dog passed away. But to see animals pass on a regular basis, it changes you. It hurts you. I mean, your gut just every time still feels like the first time, every time feels like, You're not going to, you know, do this anymore. It's so hard to turn around every time and go, okay, I got to keep going. There's so many more I have to save. And some I know right away are not going to make it. And I'll always still take them in and know that I have a warm place for them. You know, give them pain medication. I want them to at least feel loved Mm -hmm. and not die on the side of the road because they were hit by a car. And I I totally get life and I understand hawks are going to take away. That to me is mother nature. That I understand. That I'm okay with. You know, I don't ever want to see my squirrel get picked up and flown away with a hawk. But compared to people poisoning the animals and people doing harm on purpose and, you know, every place is getting busier and more congested and the animals don't have places to go. So I feel like there is a need for this kind of stuff to help them out a little bit.
3: Okay, so we've got uh, some more callers and um, one of the questions, we'll take at least one or two callers and then kind of get back to One of the questions I do want to ask you about a little bit is... Um, to describe kind of the setup, because your rescue, as is, is, I think we noted earlier, is located in your house, so it's kind of like, it's almost like a little verbal uh, guided tour of that, and uh, and also uh, something else that goes with uh, permissions to do that. But let's take one more call right now. Hi, you're on Talking Animals with Jill Horseman. Go ahead, it's you. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead.
5: All right, yeah, this is, I, I'm very. I love squirrels, I love squirrels, of course, and, uh, but... Uh, I you know when I feed them, um, one of them is getting pretty aggressive. You know, he's like he wants to run in the garage and um, you know like just you know pretty. Uh,
1: yeah, they're going to yeah, get aggressive work. when they expect their food. <laughs> they're going to – Yeah, yeah I, my best recommendation is I always try to tell people set up feeding stations on the far end of your yard so they get right. used to being out there and away from you because either A, mom is going to start wanting to make a nest and when people come around, she's going to start getting aggressive because she thinks that she's defending her nest area, which who knows where that nest area is, but just – as much as we want to feed wildlife, they're going to become a little bit more dependent on it, and they are going to come looking for it. And unfortunately, there's nothing you can really yeah. do except for stop feeding them, which or feed them further away from your garage area or house. Yeah. Well,
5: that's why I keep the food in a can. And, uh, you know, so when I go get it, to take it outside by the tree. You know, that's when, you know, this one particular squirrel, he's only really tamed, I guess. And he just... <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, just watching. can't wait to get some more food. And uh, I was just wondering, I guess I just just keep being, you know, during the drought, like when it didn't rain and everything, I felt so sorry for yeah. you know people that don't, you know, try to tell my neighbors, you know, they need a drink. Yeah. They need water. Water right.
1: is absolutely the most important thing you can put out for an animal. You can stop yeah. feeding them completely and they will totally find food on their own, whether they're up in their trees eating the blossoms and the flowers they are fine on their own it's the water dehydration does more damage yeah. to an animal than not eating
3: yeah, okay thanks the Th- water and it's so cute to see him drink oh and yeah
5: sometimes the lizards come yep. uh, <laughs> drink with them it's so cute yeah.
3: you know? all right we've got a bunch of callers right. and some other emailers Pretty so right. we're going to move Very along much. but thank you for your question thanks thank for your call thank you. appreciate it man um so with that in mind, what what should it look like if I I live where their squirrels, and um, what would it look like if I put out water that that they would actually drink from that would be like suitable for them to use
1: a shallow dog bowl those little silver okay so they'll map right out of stuff yeah you don't have to worry about them falling in or anything okay. I mean there's baby. I mean I wouldn't do like a barrel you don't want anything right. that, they, that they fall in they can't get but out but an
3: actual like dog bowl size mm-hmm. thing is like I actually
1: have 27 water bottles all around my yard and they learn to drink from the little nipple of the bottle because I okay. didn't want to do water dishes because it turns algae green Quickly. and the yeah. mosquitoes Sure. so I just hang bottles the birds have learned how to use the bottles. The lizards have learned how to use the bottles. Every animal uses the water bottles too, but most people don't want to go out and hang water bottles all over their yard. But yes, yeah. just any small, shallow uh, dish of water will work. That's
3: great. Okay, so um, so tell us a little bit about, just sort of walk us through, just a brief overview of what what the setup is at your house, which of course is, uh, and again, we're speaking with Jill Hor- Horseman, founder of Squirrely AF Rescue, and again, primarily rescues and rehabilitates, but also provides sanctuary, I guess, for uh, squirrels and now other critters as well, possums and uh, and raccoons.
1: Yeah, basically I lucked out. I have a huge shed out back of my house, and I hate to even call it a shed because it's literally like 30 by 10, so it's really a small room. <laughs> and when I bought the house, it used to be my hangout room and party room and play Guitar Hero and crank all my music. And when I quit doing all that fun stuff and became a rehabber, I was like, let's turn this room into the rehab room. So I've got a refrigerator out there, microwave, um, tons of cages. I put a futon out there and a TV so I could literally sleep out there if I have to because I have to feed these babies when they come in sometimes every three hours around the clock. So depending on their age, um, yeah, I'll just crash out there for a couple hours. When they're baby babies, they'll come in and they'll have to be in incubators for a while, um, syringe-fed every few hours, formula. uh, They have to keep warm. You have to make sure they go potty after they eat, so you have to stimulate them to go. And then they'll go into the next size cage. You will start weaning them with solid foods. And then from there to the teen cage where they'll start learning to climb on branches. And then they move outside to the huge pre-release cages where they learn how to squirrel. I call it squirrel college. (laughs) They'll be swinging branches. They learn to dig in the dirt and bury their food. They have nesting boxes they have to learn to make their nests in. And then the doors are opened and they're released, which they still come back every single night to sleep for weeks, just like any kid (laughs) that doesn't want to move out. And then that whole process per squirrel takes about six months. So I literally... From that, rescue
3: to release yes, to, yes. to where they graduate squirrel calls. Yes. Wow. And
1: that just depends also on the age I get them. If it's a right. pinky, it's that long. I mean, the babies you just saw now, they're only about six weeks old. Okay. And they'll be released probably around four to five months old. So okay. it is a long process. Wow. Yes.
3: So how many hours a day do you typically uh, put in on uh, these efforts?
1: It's all day, every day. It sounds sounds like it's relentless. I mean, mean, thankfully you you love it. You can't go out of town. You can't do anything. I did finally go out of town to go see... My favorite guitar player Nita Strauss. This last, which is so Anybody cool, because her last Strauss? name is Strauss. Sure, so it was sure. when I saw your name pop up. I'm like, ah. Sadly, no relation. But <laughs> I,
3: I wish I could claim it. So yeah. I,
1: it took me months to organize being able to go out of town for three nights. I'm sure just to go to her concert, and it was I was the whole time it was nerve wracking. I'm like, hopefully, the, and I only had 56 animals at the time.
3: How many do you have now?
1: Um, I think 65 or 70. Wow. I think 65. Well, now these two, oh No, I took in at least five more yesterday. I. I actually try not to keep to count because it gives me anxiety you know, and I'm like so overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. So I just sure. kind of keep in my head, oh, I only have like 20 animals. No, I've got way more than that. So yeah, yeah it, it's a, it's a long process and there's a lot of, you know, bumps in that process because what if they're not learning to squirrel correctly and what if you get one in that's older and only has to be, you know, you know, car accident, get it fixed up and released. I mean, there's all kinds of equations. The raccoons, you have to keep for like nine months before they're released. Oh, so my it's goodness. Like, oh, my
3: God. Yeah. Just cause it takes that long before they're self-sufficient? Yep. Or? Yep. It's wow. crazy.
1: That's how long they normally stay with mom, like six oh plus months. Oh, my So. Yeah. So this is my first year doing coons, and I will only be doing them a little bit here and there. I don't ever yeah. want to become no, that a that sounds coon extra taxing yes. on top
3: of like an endless workday as it is. Yeah. But so luck-
1: luckily, I got a job. I, do- I work for Rover, which is pet sitting, Oh, yeah. so that I can sit here and do this twenty four seven. Because I'm like, I'll never be able to get a real job again. Because if I have right. to feed every three hours, I can't be like, hey, can you gotta, excuse me? I well, s- I mean, scoot home for I do a few it minutes, when I, yeah. I used to do it when I was a bar back. I would bring all, I'd bring like fifteen baby squirrels in a carrier, wow. and I would take a break, and I'd go back and surrender. Feed them all in the back, or I'd keep yeah. them in my sports bra, and as I'm working, little tails would flip out. And people would be like, "What is that? What's like, happening?
3: What am it's I seeing?" I think <laughs> yeah. I've had too many. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, for sure. All right, yeah. well, let's take another call. Actually, one quick question because it mm-hmm. sort of comes on the heels of our water question from before. This emailer is asking: do, squirrel, do squirrels drink pool water?
1: Ugh. Unfortunately, they do, and they are doing that because they need
3: water but they're just looking for any water at all yes they, they can't uh, yes. distinguish they drink yeah.
1: all that contaminated stuff that's running down the though? street oh i'm sure it doesn't with the chlorine i mean and stuff, i don't probably. know i can't sit there and say i don't know scientifically like oh it'd have yeah. to be this amount or that but it wouldn't be any different than us grabbing a whole big glass of I'm it and sure. drinking it yeah. i'm sure it's gonna not, not feel too good. good on the belly yeah
3: all right let's take another call hi you're on talking animals with jill horseman Hi, Jill. Hey, thanks for having her on. This is Joey from Orlando Brisby
1: Oh, Joey. Hi.
6: Great. How you doing?
1: Oh, this is so awesome. Hi. I <laughs> uh,
6: appreciate you being on and saying everything you've said. Uh, Jill was instrumental in us learning everything we know about squirrels in five years and 50 squirrels later released healthy having a great time in the trees. Her information and her resources online are invaluable to so many. So I just wanted to call and say how Thank much you we all have. Thank you so are. much. That's great. Uh, 50 squirrels, you know, over the five years, that sounds such a drop in the bucket compared to she says she's got 60 now. (laughs) I'm overwhelmed. I can't imagine the insanity. But thank you so much for everything you do for all of us.
1: Well, thank you so much for what you do. I follow your stuff still every day. I mean, I try to keep up with the live videos. I'm just always so busy. But, you know, perfect example. Like it just, you know, educate, educate, help people, turn around. Imagine how many people you've helped and educated, too. So it's, it's neat to hear that.
6: Well, I'm glad you're on and I hope you help so many more people through this and they find you and uh, donate, please. If yes. you're listening and you have an opportunity and the ability for any rehabber, especially Jill and everything they do, please, if you find yourself a chance, please donate. It's always a stress for all of us to manage how our finances are going to go to the nth degree when more babies are coming. In. So yeah. If you get a chance, please donate to her and
3: anybody else you have the opportunity to. That's a kind message and a great testimony. Thanks, Joey, for your call. Have a great day. You too. That was
1: great. I love Joey. So, I love all of uh, you. speaking clothes. of that, I was
3: going to ask, uh, and then that was as good a time as any with the lead-in from Joey, like how is the operation funded? I mean, how, how do you – I mean, there's a lot of mouths to feed, literally. And all kinds of medicines and formula that I guess you can cock which I was, maybe you can also ask about. But basically how do how, how do you keep the thing afloat? Um, in two
1: thousand seventeen when I started, I had an amazing job. I was a, a manager of a Kava Kratom bar named Mad Hatters. Oh yeah. And I was doing very, very well and was able to buy my house. Um I could fund everything. I had enough side money. I'm not one of those that likes materialistic things. So I didn't, as I say that, I'm like, oh, but I did have a bike, but I sold it since then. But either way, yeah, I funded everything out of pocket and then come COVID. I mean, I had to stop working at that job pretty quickly when I bought my house, but... I continued to pay for everything with all my other jobs, but then COVID hit, everybody lost their job. And I said, this is perfect time for me to actually fill out the paperwork and become an actual 501c3 nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So I've technically only been the nonprofit since COVID hit. And I can't imagine anybody that's paying out of pocket nowadays because the cost of everything has gone through the roof. For so, sure. I mean, it's hard enough for people to live off their own food, but to supply stuff for the animals. It's insane. Everything is quadrupled in price. So again, if it wasn't for all my followers, there's no way I would have to throw in the towel because you just, you can't. At this volume of animals, you, you can't.
3: Yeah, if you, you can't don't say, hey, I don't, I don't have the dough. Sorry. Oh, no. Right. Well, yeah. let's just say that the website is squirrelyaf.org. So that's where you could go if you like what you hear and the work that obviously Jill from different people, uh, lay people and, and squirrel rehabbers and rescuers themselves, all singing her praises. So if you want to s- stick a couple of bucks in her pocket for the holidays or just generally, org would be the place to go.
1: Yeah, and I have literally merch lines, T-shirts, mugs, tumblers, bracelets. I make everything and anything in case people don't want to just donate money and they want something back. Yeah. I've got calendars, I've got everything. And then we take check and PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, like everything you can think of.
3: So this question, this email, says so I just had a squirrel follow and, and charge chase me a few days ago. How do people know what's food aggression versus unusual behavior?
1: Well, there is, uh, that's a good question. Squirrels can't carry rabies, first of all. So everybody out there like, sees a crazy squirrel coming at them. If it's coming at you, there's a nest nearby. If it's a female, she thinks you're trying to come after her babies. She's just going to chase you. Or 9 out of 10 <laughs> times, it's at a park. And everybody feeds the squirrels at the park. So the squirrels start getting so used to people, they start following them. They'll yeah. follow you where's all my, the way to your car. Eats? Where's my yeah, food? Yeah. I mean... Basically, they're not they're not going to. I mean, trust me, their bite hurts, but they don't carry anything that's going to hurt you. And they're never going to come chasing you just because they don't like you or something's wrong. They're chasing you because either they want food and they're used to getting food. If it's a little baby, though, if a baby comes running up to you, they need help. They, they lost their mom. They're going to come running up your leg. They're, they need fluids. They need food. That's them going. They're so desperate they're actually running up to a human. And so many people will just be like, pick it up and put it back on the tree and leave it. That baby is desperate for help for it to run up to you. So please grab it, put it in a box, get a hold of a rehabber, and we'll take care of it from there. Don't try to feed it. It has to be warmed up, certain temperatures, certain temperature formula. Like there's so much more to it. Just grab it and call a rehabber.
3: Okay. Well, sadly, we're near the end of our time. We have one caller that's been holding for quite a long time, so let's get them involved, and then we'll get back to a couple more questions on my own. Hi, you're on Talking Animals with Jill Horseman. Hello. Hello, Hello. it's you. Go ahead, please.
5: Um, I don't, I, 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 I'm pretty sure you can answer this for me, but I've been feeding the squirrels in my yard. I have a big, giant oak tree in my yard. And um, I've been feeding them peanuts, which they seem to love. Um, I also have a bird feeder, which is six or eight feet above the squirrel area. And I have a toy that I bought at a place called um, Der Dutchman, where you hang a couple of corn cobs on. And they really used to like it, and they used to bounce on it and take the corn off it and stuff. But all that seems to have ended in the past couple of weeks they stopped eating the corn off the toy and they're still eating the peanuts but i'm just curious as to why they would have stopped eating the corn off the toy is
1: the toy one of those things that fling the squirrel all over the place when it's trying to eat the no, corn
5: no, not at all it, they they can they can kind of hold themselves up on it with their Little front paw. Oh, okay, okay. It's so back, it's just
1: holding the corn and cob. Then they chew
5: the little they're, corn off, and then it bounces
1: off. Yeah, the the diet they're going to switch up. They're going to get bored of things, just like people. Um, peanuts is literally the most uh, non nutritional food they can eat. It's uh, peanuts oh. are actually not even a nut; they're a bean. So there's okay. zero nutritional value. Which again, when an animal lives in the wild, it gets all of its nutritional value from. What it's supposed to eat. So it's okay that you're giving it junk food. It's totally fine. Um, same thing with corn. Corn is just a filler. It's literally like giving them McDonald's every day. There's nothing really to it. But so you're uh, that they're bored of. Yep, yeah, they're bored. I would try some. Um, some sunflower seeds, that's good for them. The black oil okay, sunflower good. seeds. If you want to mix it up a little bit and go a little crazy, you can get them some pecans and walnuts and all the different, oh, wow. everything. They will eat any but single type of nut. The yep. They'll eat that. Yep, oh yeah. And the sunflower seeds um, is definitely a lot more healthy for them okay. than the peanuts and oh, the corn. great,
5: thanks. Um, one more quick story. When I was a kid, when, uh, mid to late 60s, my father found a baby on the ground. Mm-hmm. And um he brought it in the house, and we took care of it, and we raised it, kind of. And um, they named it Michael after me. Don't ask me why, <laughs> <laughs> but they did. And uh, unfortunately, little Michael was crawling up the speaker.
1: Yeah, there's always an unfortunately question or and answer.
5: And fell and yeah. killed himself.
1: Yeah. So those that's stories are the other I, thing that, that it it cool. kills that's me
5: i first got my love of yeah
1: so. they're amazing once you hold a squirrel or you know, they're just, it's something different. I don't know if it's because of the fact that this wild animal is trusting you enough to hold it, take care of it. None of my squirrels have ever tried to bite me. When I raise them, they think I'm mom. Now, don't get me wrong, I get in some aggressive ones that are hurt and they're adults and stuff and they don't want to be held. But the babies, like, they entrust in you and then when you release them, they still come back and visit me every day. And it's just, it's its, it's the neatest experience ever.
5: It's, it's funny, when I have, when I, if I'm a little late feeding them the peanuts, oh, I yeah. <laughs> actually come home from taking my wife to work or something, and there's a couple of them standing near my driveway, yep. their little paws like, "Where's my peanuts? Yeah, like you say, they come looking for it.
1: Yeah, they learned my neighbor's Harley Davidson. And like
5: saying about the fact that they got bored, so we'll yep. just switch it up a little. Okay. Yep. All right.
3: Well, thank you very thanks, much. Thanks, thanks for your call, and thanks for thanks for holding so long. That's why I gave you a little extra time. Um, you were holding for it seems like an eternity there. So nothing else to do. Trust me. All right. Me. Well, that's cool. You, right, you shouldn't appreciate. have said that part. All right. See you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, Joe, we're sort of nearing the end of our time, so uh, I had any number of questions and there's, I'm sure a few other email or questions. some of these are um, overlapping, so but there's some probably didn't get to. but is there anything in particular that that we haven't touched on that people should know about squirrels or know about what you do that before we have to uh, say goodbye today?
1: Yeah, I'm assuming most of these people are in Florida listening. I don't know how far this reaches, but it's super important when you find a nest of baby squirrels, whether it be after a storm bring them inside, keep them warm until the storm is done. If it's tree trimmers and a nest comes down, bring the nest inside until the tree trimmers are done. You bring those babies back outside and you look up on YouTube and it's called Baby Squirrel Cries. And there's an hour-long track that plays. If you play that track, mom will come back and get her babies and take them to the backup nest that she makes for the family. It's so important to try to get mom back reunited with her babies she doesn't want to lose them people are so quick to scoop up babies not even trying to reunite and then these poor babies don't you know humans can't raise anything as well as the actual mom and people don't realize you can even have those babies in the house for up to four days and you still go outside mom is still going to take those babies it's not one of those myths where if you touch the baby mom's not going to take it back she wants her baby so please give her a chance If something happened to the mom and you know that's for sure what happened, then call a rehabber. Do not try to feed them. Do not try to give them any liquids. You will do way more harm, and we will have to work twice as hard to get that baby on track. So just call a rehabber right away. And I guess that's it.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, I think we covered a lot of good ground. Again, we've been speaking with Jill Horseman. She has uh, her rescue is Squirrely AF Rescue. The website is SquirrelyAF.org and huge, huge on socials. So just search that and you'll find the socials that you need. We have had some people with questions about that who I guess didn't hear the name of the the rescue, but it's Squirrely AF Rescue. Just do your searching there. But again, the website is SquirrelyAF.org to find out more to donate to help support her effort for any other purposes so Jill thank you I've learned a lot about squirrels I think probably anybody listening <laughs> learned a lot about squirrels today too plus I saw a couple of baby squirrels which is, that's a good day at work anytime we could do that yes so alright well thank you so much so in a moment I'm going to play a new animal song a dog song of source by Jimmy Buffett from Equal Strain on All Parts the final album he completed prior to his passing on September 1st. We we'll hear that song, "Like My Dog," in just a moment here on Talking Animals. Right now, that we're going to step into the comedy corner where Sarah Silverman not only will deliver a squirrel-oriented stand-up piece, but offer some revelations about squirrels along the way. Here's Sarah Silverman with a piece simply titled "Squirrels" in today's comedy corner on Talking Animals on WMNF.
2: So, um, the truth is, I am, and I've have gotten into squirrels, and now I'm going to get you into squirrels. I'm not kidding. Wait until you see. I learned a fun fact about squirrels that I'm so excited to tell you. I can't, I am mean, okay, this is what it is. It's this. Squirrels cannot find 80% of the nuts they hide. Are you kidding me? Is that the greatest thing you've ever heard in your life? First of all, animals aren't supposed to make mistakes. But secondly, I made this realization that going to blow... Hold your skulls in because your brains are going to explode. That's how trees are planted. Are you kidding? That's how trees are planted. God or the universe or nature or whatever the... F- created this anxiety-ridden... Annoyed, cokehead <laughs> that thinks that everybody wants their acorns. Nobody wants your acorns. No one else in the world eats acorns. Only you. That they hide them everywhere, and then they're so f- on coke. <laughs> they can only find two out of every ten. Squirrels plant trees in Israel. That I added.
3: That's not true. I added that. That was Sarah Silverman in today's Comedy Corner. With a piece called Squirrels, taken from her album, The Speck of Dust. In the background, we're hearing some lovely ukulele music. You may recognize the song. As a prelude to our big event, the eighth annual you Could Out Ukulele Festival this Saturday, December second, at Cage Brewing in St. Pete. Go to wmnf.org for information to get tickets, etc. Did I mention there'll be a Jimi Hendrix of the Ukulele contest, or free ukulele lessons starting at 2:30 p.m., or an all-ukulele tribute to Jimmy Buffett? Which brings me to this Jimmy Buffett. That I mentioned a few times at the top of the show It's from Equal Strain on all parts The final album he completed before he passed away And just released earlier this month Here's the late great Jimmy Buffett With Like My Dog here on Talking Animals On WMNF
4: sick of this house She never says why don't you get off that couch She don't cause nothing when she wants to go out I want you to love me like my dog She never says I need a new attitude Her and your sister ain't always in a few She don't think that it's rude I want you to love me like my dog does, baby When I come home, I want you to just go crazy She never looks at me like she might hate me I want you to love me like my dog does Like she don't care for my friends. She never asks me where the hell have you been. She don't play dead anytime I walk in. I want you to love me like my dog does, honey. She never says I wish you made more money. She always thinks that for my fingers funny. I want you to love me like. I want you to love me like my dog does, baby. When I come home, want you to just go crazy. She never looks at me like she might hate me. I want you to love me like my dog. Why won't you love me like my dog does? Baby.
3: New music from Jimmy Buffett with Like My Dog, the late, great Jimmy Buffett. Day 8.5 FM dubbing up from the last moment or so of Talking Animals. Coming up on uh, the show, we've got uh, a special edition Latin USA in place of A Slice of Life today. After that, we shift back to music programming. With Jim Bannon holding forth from 1 to 3, followed by Nancy C. Now hosting the Wednesday Traffic Jam from 3 to 6 p.m., at which point our traffic, tr- uh, sorry, our terrific Wednesday night uh, block of Latin music kicks in. So we're hearing more ukulele music in preparation for the Uka Out Saturday. Cage Brewing, go to WMF.org to get your, more information, get your tickets, don't miss this. So, huge extravaganza from the fevered mind of the fabulous flea. Don't miss it. Anyways, we'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of Talking Animals on at 11 a.m. on WMF Tampa. Brandon Largo, WikiWatchie and beyond. Stay tuned.